What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting adventure behind the timeline. I'm Lindsay, and my co-host Scott is here with me tonight. It's true, I am here. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. <laughs> um, how are things going? Are we ready to talk about <laughs> what if? Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the if, I guess. like What, we can, what the if? What the if? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm... I was really excited about this, and then this is now the second time I've had to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, like, guys, we're doing great over here. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... I've had time to, like, cool off to it. It, And I'm, I'm going to give it, like, a little bit of slack. Because I don't think that this is supposed to be some kind of, like, grand Loki WandaVision falcon and the winter soldier level show right like i don't uh-huh. think it's supposed to have that same kind of impact on the mcu that that those did um but yeah today we're talking about the first episode of marvel's brand new show what if exclusive to disney plus if you haven't seen it i don't know what you're doing here good um, question because full spoilers yeah. for the whole timeline everything that's ever brought up on this show Mm-hmm. Everything Spoiler that's ever been city. made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could tangent into God knows what. Spoiler the <laughs> yeah. shit out of it. You never know. It's just the whole timeline. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, uh, so, yes, yeah, yeah. so we're going to talk about what if. And I, you know, I came into this like really, really excited. And uh, for being the person that's usually like super stoked on everything that I come across <laughs> gets me yeah. excited usually, I'm like, yeah, okay. And. I feel like I knew that coming into this because uh, the Captain America stuff is not my favorite MCU stuff. I, yeah. I prefer um, more interesting superpowers because I recognize that there are superpowers in Captain America, but you know, less of the spy stuff, more of the magic stuff is mm-hmm. more my preference. So I kind of knew like First Avenger was never my favorite movie. I didn't expect this to be my favorite episode of this show, and it wasn't. It was yeah. fine. It was fine. That was those are my overall sort of feelings on this. Is it's I'm yeah. really excited for what's to come. I think after this episode. Me too, and I'm kind of like right there with you. Like, I, and I said it before, but Captain America is the only one of the big three that doesn't have a bad movie in their trilogy. Hmm. Um. And I think that's true. Yeah. I well, I mean, aside from introducing the reality stone thor the dark world really doesn't do anything but kill frigga and put loki on the throne like that's all it does it really doesn't make any major changes or do anything like oh shit that was crazy um and then iron man 2 and iron man 3 are kind of like we uh iron man 2 just introduces war machine iron man 3 explains why he lives in uh, New York now instead of Malibu. Right. Uh, but that's really <laughs> that's it. That's your like, takeaway from Iron Man 3. Yeah, and then he Why gets, he lives he gets in New the York? chest. Yeah, that's... And, well, I, I mean, his house gets destroyed. <laughs> well, I'm excited for us to talk about Iron Man 3 when we get there in the timeline then, because I, yeah. I don't hate Iron Man 3. I thought there was a little more to that movie than this is why Tony now lives in New York. But I don't, so you. I don't hate it. And arguably, like, one of my top ten favorite scenes in Marvel Cinematic Universe history is when he says, take him to church. 
after oh, yeah. the Iron Legion shows up. That is mm-hmm. some fire ass shit. Yeah. But Iron Man's no, awesome. I just I'm right there with you. Like Captain America was never like, dude. I love Captain America. He's a super badass or whatever. Like, okay, he's cool. Yeah, he. And I read this somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not, or if it was someone just watering down Captain America. But he doesn't. Aside from having, like, a super hyper-fast metabolism, he doesn't actually have technical superpowers. He is just the penultimate physical peak, like, capability. Like, he is the perfect human being, basically. And I don't know if that's true. I feel like they've diverted a lot. If that, you know, like, I feel like the MCU has set that up to not totally be the case, because they are all described as super soldiers, and like, the kind of shit that they can do and survive. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw him pull down a helicopter. That's not... I would like to see a real person do that. No, I know. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, that's not... I think it's... it's, I think they've set it up to be a little more than the pinnacle of... I'm gonna push back on you, Scott. No, that's fine. I I, he that's is what I'm a saying. superhero. Like, <laughs> There's no fucking way he's not. Come on. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I did. The, I know that the MCU's version of him is like he is superhuman and he does have super strength and stuff. Like yeah, dude, he stops a fist from Thanos. Like come on, he's obviously yeah. like crazy strong. Yeah. But uh, you know, th- going into this and like watching this episode, I just the whole time I was like, this is. I thought the whole point of this show was supposed to be like, dude, wouldn't it be crazy if, and it was more like, what happened if Agent Carter became Captain America and did the same things that he did? Yeah. Instead. And I was just kind of like, this is, yeah, it was just, it was really underwhelming. Underwhelming is a hundred percent the word for this episode. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, okay, cool. I, I 10 out of 10 for as a concept. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But this episode really didn't do it for me. I I did like the setup with the Watcher, which mm-hmm. I think we should talk about a little bit. Like, I that agree. was cool. I was stoked when he came in in the beginning, and I'm, like, all hyped up at, like, an at 11, like, ready yeah. for any Marvel <laughs> show, right? Which is, like, where I was at. Um, and it's, like, time, space, reality. And I'm like, yes! Mm-hmm. Yes, all of those things. Tell me what's happened now that Loki's over. Yeah. Like, hit me with this. I can't wait, because I'm coming off of Loki on a real high. I... I really, really, really wanted the multiverse to open up. Like I've, I felt real bad when when Sylvie Stayed. betrayed him. Yeah. And sti- yeah. But also, I was like, yeah, Sylvie, open the multiverse. This is what I want. Redemption for Pietro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want the multiverse to exist. I want crazy shit to be able to happen in the MCU. And I was really stoked going into this. And then I was like, oh, it's just. It's just like the same story, but with Peggy Carter. Like, I don't yeah. But but tell us about the Watcher, because you had some information about this that I yeah, didn't come in so with. Educate us. First of all, the coolest thing about this is this is not the first time we've seen the Watcher. Um, the Watcher is actually a race of beings, omnipotent beings, um, that are said to have predated like the universe, and their whole job is to essentially just watch and categorize and catalog and observe, you know, the universe and life and multiple realities and universes and stuff. The Watcher that's assigned to our universe, the one that we meet at the beginning of this show, his name is Uatu. U-A-T-U. And the, the prime rule of the Watchers is never to interfere. They cannot get involved. 
because they are they're omnipotent they're all-knowing they're very powerful they have like the ability to warp reality uh time and space they can do a lot of shit right mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting that it sets that up right away. So you're like, dude, this guy is really cool and he's all powerful and shit, but oh, okay, so he's not allowed to help us. So the way I took it is we're watching these episodes as though we are the watcher. No pun intended, obviously we are, but uh, you know, like. (laughs) Obviously we we are doing that, (laughs) that is the point. But like. (laughs) It feels like we're watching it as though we are Uatu. Or we are someone that Uatu is showing this reality to. So it, it, at the mm-hmm. center of all of these episodes, I feel like the Watcher is going to be the like glue that keeps this whole thing going. I hope so. And I, I want that to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to see... That's kind of my burning question coming out of this is, are we going to see this continuity still exist in any way mm-hmm. and um and or are we gonna have is there going to be something that ties this together puts a bow on it and kind of like there's a moral of the story or there's a point even if yeah. it's not massive impact to the mcu does it have sort of a, a point does there a way that it all comes together right and i i hope it's not gonna be one of those things where it's just like oh did you guys see like we'll, we'll, we'll be watching like Spider-Man No Way Home or something and we'll see like Doctor Strange opens multiple realities or some wild shit and we just get a real <laughs> quick glimpse God. of like Peggy Carter throwing Captain Carter's shield or T'Challa wearing Star-Lord's helmet and then it's like it's gone I hope it's not something like that because while I love looking for easter eggs in the MCU shout out to Iron Man 2 it was the first time I ever saw the, the Tony Stark shield it was in, actually in <laughs> Iron Man 1 um Wait, did I say? You mean that you did say? No, yeah, okay, that's my bad. Yeah, so (laughs) Captain America's Shield Shield. is in Iron Man One. He makes a prototype of it. Yeah, Um, which doesn't make any sense. Like it's completely uh, like it's a total plot hole kind of like. I mean, he says his dad talked about it all the time. Well, yeah, but like, and And yeah, everyone knows who he is. It's not like it's like he's making like a replica. Yeah, like right, a while. Like, <laughs> why he needs not that. out of vibranium. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is it? It's just God, iron. fucking Captain America. I. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so yeah, like we get into this. <laughs> we start this episode, and it's more like honestly, it's just like Lindsay said. It's just a carbon copy of Captain America: The First Avenger. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about it, though, is we are actually shown the precise moment that the Nexus event occurs. I liked that. That yeah. was pointed out by the Watcher. And that moment was Peggy chooses, um, says, no thanks, I'll stay down here instead of going up to the gallery to watch mm-hmm. Steve get the super serum. Mm-hmm. Which yours, you said does happen, right? I couldn't remember from the yeah, movie that so that is the scene. In the original movie... Um, uh, Dr. Erskine, who is played by the be- beloved and amazing Stanley Tucci, who actually reprised his role for this one freaking line in this episode. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Because um, he's in the Stan's credits, too. Sebastian Stan is back. Haley Atwell. 
Uh, we have a new face in Bradley Whitford, who plays Colonel John Flynn. If you're not familiar with him, I've just been informed earlier that he's in The Handmaid's Tale. Some Indeed. Small I was indie. informed earlier that Scott hasn't actually seen I've The Handmaid's Tale, seen though it. I keep alluding to it, and you keep agreeing with me. <laughs> I've tried like, to yeah, say yeah, it Yeah, yeah, totally, times. it's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, yeah. The mm-hmm. tale of all their hands. The oh my god, is that them. ever not what that's about? Yeah. We're gonna, you're, <laughs> I know, I know. You're gonna like, My sister's obsessed with that show. Season. No, it's like, really I know good. it's, yeah, I know it's, it's although you different. can't binge it because it'll, it's again, it's, well, see, I said this last time about Mad Men, and I was like, it's like binging The Handmaid's Tale, and you're like, mm hmm. <laughs> well, no, so like, I know Both enough about it to be it. like, <laughs> I know enough about it to be like, yeah, that's a rough ass show. It is. It is, but, but, Bradley, again, I'm not good with the Bradley names. Whitford. Who, if Whitford. you guys, okay, so for people who are like me and haven't really watched The Handmaid's Tale, he is also Josh from The West Wing. Or if you're yeah. more inclined to watch newer stuff, he's Jake's dad from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's there great in everything that he does, and yeah. and he's great in this. Pretty much everybody comes back for voices except for the man himself, right? We don't have Chris yeah, Evans. Due Chris to Evans is not capped. And it's very obvious. There are times where I'm like, yeah. okay, that kind of passed. But then he'll say, like, three more words. And I'm like, mm, no. Yeah. I, I, it is my understanding that Robert Downey Jr. is going to show up at some point or another, which is sweet. Yeah, I have heard but that. Respect to Chris Evans for... And just all of it for just, like, them not... I, I just feel like that's complicated from a contractual standpoint. Yeah. Like, because the Marvel contracts are insane. And, like, I, I'm glad that they just didn't bother. Even though it wasn't, like, we knew that it wasn't him, fine. Like, that's okay. Yeah. He can, let's just, it's okay for him to be done. That's fine. He's on the moon. Whatever. <laughs> like, it's just, it's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm kind of, whatever allows Chris Evans to, like, go on and be great in everything yeah. else, then fantastic, because he is, he is so great in everything else. And you know yeah. what I think is really funny about him versus, like, Tom Hiddleston? Hmm. Or even Sebastian Stan? Um he's fine like stepping away and then like you get interviews with like Tom Hiddleston or Sebastian Stan and they're like oh dude I want to play Loki or Winter Soldier like forever like I would just keep doing it as long as they keep asking me and I'm like that's Mm -hmm. so cool that like they love doing that yeah but like at the same time I get it like Robert Downey Jr. is like dude I just did this for like 11 years I'm not I'm I'm okay it's also like I think there's a big difference in being like, everybody loves Tom Hiddleston and mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian Stan, don't get me wrong. And all the more now that they headline their own shows. But prior to that, like, these guys were not the stars of their movies. Yeah. So I think it's really different. I mean, like, Chris Evans' contract had to be, like, you know, including his firstborn and shit. I mean, they're, yeah. they're like, <laughs> in there with Disney. So I feel like it's just... And there's he was nervous about the stardom, right, when he got cast as Captain America, yeah. which I love and I think made him, like, the casting director at Marvel's just so great Mm -hmm. i can't remember her name but she's absolutely brilliant and um and he was a great pick but i think it was like it's a lot of stress to be that famous compared to like somebody like tom hiddleston or sebastian stan like they have a lot of fans but they're not chris evans maybe that'll change now and Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know but i feel like headlining these movies for that long and like carrying that mantle is a really big deal i mean god he was cast so long ago it was it was yeah, was, that was a long-ass time ago. Holy shit. When this movie... When the first Captain America movie came out, 
when they started announcing it, like when Iron Man came out and they started talking about the first Captain America movie, I was in college in Scotland and it was coming right off of Bush, right? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that at the end of the Bush era in Europe, no one was really that interested in Captain America. Yeah. At all. Yep. And I had like no, you know, I was like, who even is this? Because I didn't, you know, I didn't read Marvel growing up. I didn't know that much about it. Mm-hmm. I always liked superheroes and comic books, but I didn't like, I'd never really read comic books as a kid. I didn't really know that much about it. And so I didn't really know anything about Iron Man and I was busy being in college and, you know, I was like, whatever. And I didn't see the first Iron Man when it came out. And then they announced Captain America and we were like, well, fuck this very much. And I was like, why can't we have the Justice League? Like, what the shit is this? And then tuned out because I was just, but I was in college overseas. I was busy doing other things for a number of years. But then when I moved back to the States, I got into Marvel. But I'll never forget seeing the first trailer for Captain America in my apartment in Aberdeen, Scotland. And me and six friends just being like, well, fuck that. Absolutely (laughs) not. No, thank you. That's so fucking funny because, like, yeah, I mean, like, growing up, I wasn't a huge Captain America fan. Um,. I was actually growing up. I was I was a huge Batman fan and a huge uh, mm-hmm. X Men fan. Uh, that was the stuff I liked more: the DC yeah. stuff and the X Men and Spider Man. See, Spider Man was dope to me because Spider Man has next to Batman. Spider Man has some of the best villains on the planet. And if anyone who's anyone knows me um, knows, there is no pop culture character ever created in the history of anything that I love more than Venom. Like Venom is my life. I would I would take that symbiote immediately. Like holy shit. Um, but like Spider Man in the nineties, that was like my favorite show. Uh, you know the cartoon or whatever. I loved watching Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't actually get too too big into finding more out about Captain America until he died in the Marvel Comics event Civil War, which is actually what his third movie is based on. But the comic, obviously the comic one is way fucking crazier. Um, But at the end of that, he, Captain America is actually shot in the chest by Crossbones, the villain from the beginning of Civil War, uh, played by Frank Grillo. Um, I remember that cameo. Slash Easter egg. He also does have a uh, cameo in Endgame. He's in the elevator. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, so... So Captain America's nobody's favorite. How about Captain Carter and Captain Britain? (laughs) Taking us back around to the thing this is about. Yeah. Um, Um, Peggy Peggy goes in and and becomes Captain Britain slash Captain Carter... There's a mix of these two characters. Tell she's, us a little bit about that. She's What's not the deal Captain here? Britain because Captain Britain exists. That's a real person. She just calls herself <laughs> Captain Carter. And I just I thought... I want her to be Captain Britain. She, I isn't know, this which, how Captain Britain looks, though? Isn't this an amalgamation of the character? Kind of. Captain or Britain's no. suit is primarily red with the English okay. flag on it. On the okay. chest and his shield does have um, the English flag on it as well. But what I think is really... The British flag, Scott. Or British, excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. It's all right. Um, What did I say? The English flag? God damn. The English flag. The English flag is a thing, but the English flag is the white uh, with the red cross. Yeah. 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 Like I say, Scotland. I'm like, (laughs) no, you're not. I just... (laughs) No, that's fine. Sorry, I I didn't major in flags, Lindsay. 
Well, um, it's all right. It's all right. I got you. <laughs> you don't want to piss off the Scots. They'll come I for you. I don't. I know. I don't want to piss off the my Welsh. own people. The point um, is, she's she has the British yeah. flag, which is the, the Union Jack. I right. thought it was like super campy that he already had this ready to go. See, here's here's the problem Stark that I have. Stark was awesome in this. Stark was amazing in this. Bucky was amazing in this. They're fucking hilarious, right? Yeah. But he almost pulled my arm off. Oh my god, he almost pulled my arm off. Hey, you guys ready to go? <laughs> what are you doing in here? Ah, like that shit was funny. Steve, can you get up? We got stuff to do. Um, yeah. like as Stark's like, I just push the buttons. They want Stark to go the in them. That, I loved that for a second. Like yeah. almost Howard Stark is Captain America, and then he's like, No, fuck that. That's oh, not what yeah. I do. It's not what I'm here for. <laughs> I liked that. You don't want to like, re- yeah. I thought that was that was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I just there the majority of this is basically just. Captain America, the first Avenger, what if we gender bent Captain America? Or what if we just made him... What if something happened to Steve where he couldn't get in the thing and... Or into the pod and Peggy had to get in? And here's another thing that bothered me, and I didn't mention this the first time. The only reason she had to get in there was because they were going to have wasted a bunch of money if she didn't. I know, right? That's like, that's the only fail. reason. They're like, this is like seventeen million dollars, and I'm like, it's the middle of World War II. Like, we're coming on. <laughs> come on, settle the fuck down. I mean, it did take away from like the heroics of like Steve's original getting in there, it, but also Peggy yeah. was like, I feel like, I feel like Peggy did that to make sure they could win the war for as much. As, like she's yeah. good. Like Peggy's a good. She has like good motivations. I feel like she's. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like more positive on this than the. Uh, yeah, I kind of am, kind of not. Like again, uh, it follows the same. Still Captain America. Well, yeah, <laughs> it fo- but it follows the same Marvel trope of adding obstacles that don't need to exist just because this is now this certain person, or you know whatever. And in this one, yeah, she faces, like, Colonel Flynn doesn't let her go in the field because he, he's like, you were supposed to sell bail bonds or whatever, just like Steve Rogers originally did in the first movie. But then for no reason, he just keeps throwing that she's a woman into it. And I'm like, dude... Wh- it's way too much of this plot. Yeah, it's that's just that's the whole point of it. And that's the thing that like really bothered me is that was never a thing in the real in in Earth 616's timeline, which is the correct timeline, the MCU. Mhm. Um literally no one ever brought up that she's a woman except for the one dude at boot camp at the beginning of the movie which she like promptly put in his place. Yeah. Like she she was definitely a person of like respect and power and, and yeah here's here's my soapbox on it is like a marvel marvel was turning a corner with wanda and sylvie mm-hmm. and monica yeah and all of these characters doing a really good 180 on the bullshit frankly that i think we saw in captain marvel that captain marvel we'll talk about when we get there i won't spend a lot of time on it but it how much that storyline revolved around her being a woman yeah. And like girl power isn't my favorite. I'm like, we, you know what, guys? If you were to do that, fucking 
like eight years ago when you should have given Black Widow her movie, then mm. great, have a girl power thing. But now it's like you're not even the first major studio to do a female-led superhero movie that didn't suck. Like, or that, or at least it didn't underperform, right? Yeah. Like, we can argue about Wonder Woman. I really like it. 84, not so much. But, yeah. like, they, it, it's just, it, we don't need that anymore. And I think that was annoying in Captain Marvel. And then, to an extent, it's annoying in Black Widow, only because of kind of the structure of the Widow program. Yeah. It's all about this, like, this unused resourcing girls in these, like, that no one would ever suspect, like, the girls. And it's all yeah. about the girls. And it's all about the fact that she's a woman and for as much as they point out that like that's going to be her struggle which for Peggy is more believable than for any of these other characters I mean fucking Captain Marvel comes from space yeah yeah why is this what the fuck but yeah but she's in the (laughs) 40s like for her it actually makes sense like it makes no sense for Carol who's a literal alien like it doesn't seem to be I we'll talk about that when we get there but but for Peggy it actually makes sense for this to be the thing that she has to overcome But then, if we're going to make that her story, my problem is, why is Steve, like, rescuing her? Why is he even here? Why is he in the field? Why is he not the man in the chair, just like she was for him? Mm -hmm. That's my my soapbox. So, I think... I think the problem slash answer to that is, this is just a 180 to Captain America the First Avenger. Because... Peggy does save Cap in the movie. He is about to miss his chance to catch the plane as the Red Skull is escaping. Mm-hmm. And her and Tommy Lee Jones show up in the car and she helps him get to the plane. Right? Okay. So, like, she does... She I don't remember is, this movie super well, so thank you. No, that's yeah, you're totally fine. with that reminder. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> I mean, it's still the same thing, though. Like, it, it, it still is different enough that you're kind of like... I don't really think he needed her help or she needed his help right there. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is like, yeah, I really at no point felt like she needed anybody's help at all for anything. I'm like, Peggy has this. And they're like, oh, no, we have a girl. And she's the size of Drax. And she looks like yeah. she's going to absolutely destroy you. And they're like, fucking wreck some kids. Whining like, about damn. her vagina. And I'm like, oh, my God. And calling her, you know, Fraulein and all these. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, it just. It, it pissed me off that for as much as her story was about overcoming the, the like, gender obstacle, that yeah. she still needed that rescue in the end. I, the, like, all, the, my my high of this movie was when Steve's suit lost power after he oh rescued God, her so that, that she could go so save funny. the movie. I was so happy. I was like, good, put him out of commission. My notes literally are like, oh, my God, she did not just get rescued by Steve. Yeah. Oh, good, he lost power. Get out of this fight. Like, she doesn't need you. But I also want to recognize that, like, I know how important their relationship is to the MCU and to the structure, particularly of the Infinity Saga, and to fans, and just, they're, like, obviously, like, that needs to be part of it, and they should both be in this. Like, Steve should be there. It was just too much. And it's Steve. Like, I think you said before, right? Like, he's always going to be Steve, whether he's a super soldier or not, which is a good service to his character. If he had just done nothing, it would have been a disservice to Steve Rogers, right? Yeah, that that was my only reason for giving this a pass. As far as, like, him coming in at the end and, like, getting back in the suit or whatever, is like, Mm -hmm. whether he's super soldier Steve or scrawny in the alleyway Steve, he still has the same convictions and the heart of a hero. So it, it made sense that he would try to, like, help 
her he told he didn't go with her to save Bucky he told her about it um, and she mm-hmm. saved Bucky and got the howling commandos um, the only thing he really was involved in was the train and then he got captured so yeah his whole like wanting to save her thing that kind of came out of nowhere but it also I guess like now that I'm thinking about it it was really more just a matter of circumstance mm-hmm. and it was super in character for Steve yeah like he was always gonna go fight in the war yeah like I feel like him not successfully getting into the super soldier program would stop him 0% from trying mm-hmm. to fight in the war yeah so I just was like, then does it have to be about this, though? You know, like, I wouldn't have complained if they had, like, not questioned her, had her obstacle, like, her whole challenge that she had to get over, like, her arc in this episode was the fact that she was getting shit for being a woman and no one believed in her. I'm like, just cut that out. Give it anything, make it about anything else and then have Steve come in and they can be a team. I mean, she used him as transportation, which I liked a lot. Yeah, she even had a handle on the back of the the I saw that. I was like, okay. Like, all right, if you're going to use it so that he can fly you around. Like, that was a cool partnership moment. Yeah. And I feel like if they hadn't harped on how tough it is and how no one believes in you because you're a woman, if they had just, like, not included that and let her arc be literally anything else, I think none of the Steve stuff would have bothered me, and I'd be like, dope, Steve's in this episode. Like, I want that. I, it's just, I'm like, oh, God. Can, so, can you not come up with anything more creative than this to be her obstacle? But I recognize this is the 40s, but still, Marvel, what the fuck? Well, no, and that's, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, it's the 40s and everything. But here's something I didn't even think of, and I did mention this uh, last time, or uh, the first time. But um, the motivation of the hero is a direct result of the motivation of the villain. And the problem with this episode, or this what-if take, is for no reason at all, the Red Skull just doesn't want to make weapons anymore. He wants to summon Hydra's champion instead. Yeah. And so the Red Skull, as a person, the Red Skull is not a threat. They don't even mention that he's also a super soldier. They, yeah, they don't. He, I actually forgot about that. It just doesn't come up. Right. He it just, just has a red fucking skull. He's just summoning a kraken, which I'm like, cool. If we're gonna animate it, let's. I know. Let's yeah, a kraken, I was like, right, this is pretty fucking sick. But I think right. I was like, okay, like for, I'm I'm always here for the summoning of the kraken. I know, um, but like, and, there's no but, he. Yeah. There's no like. She's not like we've got to stop the red skull. And so, like, that's why I'm strong is because he's strong. And so I have to be strong, as strong as him, to fight. That's what Instead, it was like, thing. we Instead can't it's lose like, this money. Yeah, can we can't lose this box? fucking money. Can someone <laughs> wake up and get, get in, in there? Get in the machine we used. Yeah. <laughs> Too many resources to build this thing. You know, I think, I think part of the problem that gets us there, where, like, why that change feels weird... Because no change should feel weird in what if, right? But yeah. it does because this episode is a fucking carbon copy of First Avenger. And I think that I understand why they wanted to do this. I get why this was an episode they wanted to do. But if you're going to set something in the middle of World War II, the end is going to be we beat the Nazis. Unless yeah. we're going to do some Earth X shit. And there's my Flash reference for Yep. The Love CW it. for this episode. Yeah. But I don't... 
I I just like don't see how it ends any other way. Yeah, I don't. Well, and so here here's the thing, and I didn't I didn't uh, mention I should have mentioned this earlier, but this entire show is based off a 1977 13 issue comic book run that started with what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four, but. <laughs> The crazy part about this is, A, Spider-Man joins the Fantastic Four all the fucking time. All the time. All the time. Um, it's like, yeah. what, what do you mean, what if? Like, it, Spider-Man yeah. is part of the Fantastic Four. It's fucking goofy, okay? It's so um, ridiculous. But also, this story does not exist. T'Challa being Star-Lord does not exist. That's not a real thing. The, the what-if run introduced Wolverine becoming the Punisher in the 20s. It introduced Spider-Girl. Not Spider-Woman, who is a completely different character and actually does have magical powers. The lady spiders are awesome, and yeah. I can't wait to talk about them in the spider future. Spider-Gwen, Spider-Girl, Spider-Gwen and Into the Spider-Verse is like... I love I, her. That is my example to people when they talk about representation on screen and does that matter, and I'm yes. like, fucking believe me, sitting in the theater seeing Spider-Gwen as a 30-something-year-old adult... When it came out, you know what I mean? Yeah. That fucking mattered to me. It really mattered to me. Yeah. Like, that was... God damn it, I love her, that movie. Well, like, and I think the reason anyway. that she works so well is because she didn't need to learn anything. She was just, she like, was ready than, to go. Uh, she was she was all set. Miles. Yeah. She, Miles yeah. didn't need to know... Or, like, Miles needed to know everything. She was like, dude, can you hurry the fuck up, please? Mm-hmm. And but, she was just... God, she was ever so much the best part of that movie she was anyway i loved her so much anyway um, so well yeah so i but, guess but that, yeah anyway what if <laughs> is a comic run yeah so yeah it it was a comic run none of these stories exist so we had they had this like open plate to to really create like this open pa- plate they had an open palette fuck me mm-hmm. dude um <laughs> And they chose instead to just mirror paint the Captain America story. And then I'm just like, dude, I can't even pick a high for this movie because I, I, as far as like how this movie looks, I hate cell shading. I hate cell shading animation. I think the everything but the human being aspect of this episode or like this show looks phenomenal mm-hmm. the explosions the train the scenery the background the fighting even looks good the fighting looked good but when it's just them sitting at like a bar or something they look like puppets their faces look too smooth their faces were way too smooth it was weird yeah. and i was really glad that you thought that because i thought i was being really harsh because i was like i'm not in love with the way it looks like it's fine but my expectations were super super high and it does. It doesn't look bad. It's just no. not like changing my life. It's not the Spider Verse. Yeah. I'm not looking at this and being like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like, and there's there's animated stuff that has come out that has made me done that, and this is not it. And it's fine. It's mm. all fine. And but what I'm wondering is, how much cooler will this look when there's you know, the what did you say? Is the Spider Supreme is possibly the thing we're oh, going to see? Oh, yeah, yeah. fuck, yes. So how cool might that look? I don't know. Once we bring magic into this kind of animation and or like 
who knows if we're going to see Wakanda, we're going to see space. Like, this yeah. could end up looking really, really cool. I just think maybe Captain America is just not my favorite. And, and that's, this whole thing is just not, like, interesting to me in the way that I'm hoping the rest of the show will be. I think, yeah, I think that's the big thing is, like, I, I'm holding out. I'm glad we got this episode out of the way. I guess it's like the takeaway I'm gonna I'm gonna put into this yeah. is like my final like thing for the episode as a whole. But I'm glad we got this one out of the way because as with any Marvel movie, I'm always looking at stuff in the background and I'm always looking at like promotional pictures and stuff like that. And so like we know that one of the stories is T'Challa becomes Star Lord. Um, you know, but if you go to like Disney Plus and you just click on the what if show and it'll show you a bunch of images in the background. One of those images is Ultron, who I love Ultron, but I love Ultron more because I love James Spader. And I could listen to that man read the phone book to me <laughs> and just totally. I would be I would be in heaven. But one of the images is Ultron in a cape. And if it's Ultron in a cape, it's one of two versions of Ultron. And it's if it's the version I'm thinking of, I'm very excited. Because if it's the one I'm thinking of, after a 2008 Marvel Comics uh, event called Annihilation concluded, there were follow-up comics called like Annihilation Invasion. But specifically the third one, which was called Annihilation Conquest which focused around the hero Nova, who is another hero I really want to enter the MCU super, I think he's super badly. To. I, that's he's been teased a couple times. Yeah, yeah it, it shows up every once in a while, and he's, I mean, obviously so we have the Nova Core. Right? Namor has been shown, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was like, that was an argument with the rights between Fox because they couldn't figure out how to use him. Anyway, right. so in this Fucking one, Fox. like. I know, but now they own them, so it's fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ultron becomes Ultron the ruler of this species, this techno-organic species called the Phalanx. And in that, he learns how his consciousness can inhabit an organic body or a techno-organic body. And so he actually puts his consciousness inside Adam Warlock. And if anybody's seen Sweet. the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2... You know that that was the big, big tease that hasn't been delivered on yet. So what I'm hoping is this is kind of their way to reintroduce Adam Warlock, if that's the story they tell. I don't really think it's going to be. I think it'll be some wacky-ass version of it where, like, all of the villains won in their respective films, but they're the ones that have to fight Ultron, or they're the ones that have to fight Thanos. Which I think would be a really fucking cool way to end it, seeing Hela and Loki and Ultron and Killmonger fight Thanos. I think that'd be sick as fuck. But that, that would be incredible if we got that. I would lose it. Yeah. I would really turn my my mind around on this show. Exactly. I think that's kind of where it's going to go. But the way it is right the, now. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, I think any kind of redemption for Ultron would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because WandaVision and Marvel just did this so fucking well. Yeah. Um, just really shed new light on everything that happened in Age of Ultron and in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, and just like Black Widow a little bit, and that really should have come out then. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it really, like, opens up the... The possibilities for Ultron and it really hammers in 
the consequences of Ultron and like what Pietro's death was to Wanda and like what mm-hmm. just all that I feel like has been fleshed out better and Ultron just he feels more menacing after WandaVision. Yeah, I agree. And I think it would be cool to see him again. And I think that any of these cool things that we get, like if we get um, if we get out of Morlock and Nova and things like that in this show, I think what it'll turn into later is that we'll get whatever version of Adam Warlock we're actually going to get in right. presumably Guardians 3, which will be different from what we see in What If. And it'll be one of those things where you don't necessarily have to have seen What If to like understand what's going on with Adam Warlock, but if you yeah. have, you'll be rewarded. See, and that's that's the thing that I think is the underlying, not concern, but just like question is when I go see spider-man no way home is me having seen what if going to benefit me or is it just not going to matter at all okay i'm being really pedantic in this answer but i think spider-man's a tough example because of sony so i'm like just with that in mind (laughs) no and i i only say that because dr strange is in it and we know for a fact that this movie has to end with Tom Holland's Peter Parker leaving our reality because wait, what do you mean wait do you mean this show what if or do you mean the this no the, the movie Spider-Man movie the next okay, Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie, movie. yeah it has to end with with him leaving the MCU's reality because his Disney's ability to use Peter Parker is only uh up until this last movie and that's largely well, because of Tom Holland. Because Sony was like, "No, we're done. Like, you guys got your Endgame, uh, and your your Spider-Man, you know, Far From Home movie." And then everybody's like, "Dude, what the fuck? You literally can't just end it with them revealing Peter's Spider-Man and then yeah, not the show us what the fuck happens, and then you take him from us." Because the average moviegoer is not gonna know that after Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home that that movie that he's in next is not part of the MCU there's going to be no way for them to know that unless No Way Home does a good job of explaining like holy shit this is a totally new reality and like it, I don't know it because but, yeah. he's going like Sony wants him to continue to play Spider-Man yes they yes, just want to pull want him out of the MCU to... and put him in the Venom movies or whatever right correct and so that's actually supposedly <sighs> the like rumored secrets or like mid or end credit scene is he lands in San Francisco or New York or somewhere through this portal and Eddie and Venom see, either see him in person or they see him on TV and Venom is like we like that at looking at the chest or the symbol on his chest and he forms the spider on his chest because if you watch in the Venom movies he doesn't have the spider on his chest because he's never been influenced by Spider-Man yet right right oh my god that would be he's super like, cool it would be cool but the only so like the benefit to Peter or to like Tom Holland's P- Peter Parker not being in the MCU is it now opens us up to Miles being the new Spider-Man and he's so already been teased. So that's gonna be teased. my next question. Yeah, I, I know he got teased, but do they have the rights? What does Sony still own? So Sony owns just about everything else. But we have Miles. I think so. See, I don't know because Into the Spider Verse was a Sony film. It had nothing to do with Disney. 
Yeah, like uh, so, I just want a yeah. Spider-Man. I don't care who mm-hmm. it is, but I want Spider-Man in the MCU. All right, we yeah. that's a massive spider tangent, but <laughs> Spider-Man is better than this episode of television, guys. True um, story. If I'm going to give you guys a grade, honestly, I gave it a 6 out of 10. And that was just me being generous because it was new. It was real. Don't get me wrong. It was really funny um, at times. But there were just there were just not enough things to keep me from going. I don't think I need to watch this again. Like, I would rewatch Ichabod and Mr. Crane. Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Or Mr. Crane. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I would not watch Ichabod and Mr. Crane. It sounds like there's no toad in that movie. No, that sounds terrible. That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, But no, I I did rewatch Mr. Toad, and I didn't Mm -hmm. watch this twice. Yeah. Like, Like, I don't need to see this again. I I saw enough. I know how it goes. Um, I gave the... (laughs) I gave the villain death a three, only because it made me fucking laugh. I did too for the same reason because it yeah. was just silly and Red ridiculous. Skull gets crushed by the thing the he's trying to summon. comes out and, it, and he's just immediately gone. Like it was yeah. a total cartoon moment. I also gave that a three and enjoyed it. And like it felt like a scene from Venture Bros or Phineas and Ferb, uh-huh. where he's like my champion, and then <gasps> and then like he's dead or whatever. It's like okay, I, whatever. We're moving I, on. We don't even, I, like, it, oh, he was wasn't good. important enough in the episode anyway, so what the fuck ever, but... No, he was barely there. The whole, most of the episode was a, a montage, and mm-hmm. the montage was great, but it's just very little happened. It was just way too similar to the first Avenger. I gave it a six and a half only because I also gave Mr. Toad a six and a half, and I'm like, <laughs> well... And, and I think, like... This six and a half is on the continuum of like all things. My six and a half for Mr. Toad is on the continuum of yeah. Disney. I think all of our Disney ratings are kind of like in the context of Disney. Where are you rating this? But if I were to rate this within the context of the MCU, this oh. is getting a two. Yeah, this is like a two or a three for me. Yeah, and two this or again, three. I want it to be clear, guys. Like, just this episode. Mm-hmm. We've only seen one episode. I can't. I can't set anything by, or I can't set any stock by an entire show based on one episode. And I wouldn't even try. But this episode alone, like, if you were on the fence about watching What If and you wanted to just kind of wait until a few episodes were out, I would encourage you to just wait until a couple more episodes were out. Yeah, you're this not missing anything by fine. seeing this one. No, it's fine. If you like Captain America and you like. Peggy, yeah. which I, I want to acknowledge, like, a lot of people like this a lot better than we do. Mm-hmm. Like, there was the whole Agent Carter show, which we haven't even touched on, because I yeah. certainly didn't watch it. Um, I and there are a lot of people who really like Peggy and who mm-hmm. really like Steve. And if you're one of those people, <clears throat> please, by all means, hopefully you've already seen this, because spoilers for everything. But, yeah, for real. You know, I think you would like this a lot if if this stuff is your favorite stuff. And a lot of people love the spy stuff in Marvel, but mm-hmm. for those of us who are, like, super hardcore sci-fi fantasy nerds, like you and I are, and we prefer Doctor Strange <laughs> to yeah. Captain America, then, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm thinking we're going to be in space, and yeah. that sounds awesome. So I'm here for that. I'm really here for the space. Let's leave Earth. This was lame. Yeah, you know what? Let's just let's just leave in general. I'm gonna take us out of this episode because I think we're we've done enough damage already. I think but we have. 
if you guys think that we haven't done enough damage, or if you think you need to do enough damage to us, please let us know. Shoot us an email. Let us know at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. If you want to see some of the funniest memes I've ever seen in my life that pertain to the show or the podcast or a movie in particular, or if you just want to get updates on what we just posted through Instagram, uh, hit us up at gobehindthetimeline. And then if you want to just tell me I'm a fucking idiot or you would make out with Venom just as hard as I would, hit me up on Twitter at <laughs> Behind Timeline and, and tell me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, go go rate your uh, or get your own rating in there for What If's first episode. And uh, we will see you guys next time with episode two. Uh, until then, stay nerdy. Bye, guys. See you next time.